Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick old trouble Out the door Beat out old trouble I'm drunk here we go. The gods have smiled upon us. No producer. No guest. I get here at one minute to four. And now I have a bit of a producer, Jane, who's brilliant. And we have a guest who Michaela found for me wandering, lost through the <laughs> corridors of 3CR. Her name is Naomi Cheney. Hello. Hello, Naomi, you don't know what this is about, do you? I have just been shoved in front of a microphone. I, I literally yeah. have no idea what is happening right now, no, so I'm, sh- I'm going for, for a mysterious ride right now. Mysterious ride, yeah. Yes. And uh, do you wonder why I've got a coffin here next to me? What is the coffin about? This looks interesting. Well, it's actually about the... Uh, we, had a f- we had a funeral ceremony for the age, the forecourt of the age. It's, it's at done. At midday today. Well, you know, it's going to be consumed by Channel 9. It started in 1854. Mm. They supported the Eureka Rebellion. Great radical newspaper. Then it kind of deteriorated, and now it's just been gobbled up by Channel 9. Ah, I have written for The Age. Have you? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, I've done a number of obituaries for The Age. My specialty yep. is obituaries, believe it or not. That's why, I've got, that's why I always carry the, a coffin. The opinion, the opinion pieces. Yeah, that's why I carry a coffin with me. Ah, okay. All right, all right, is this right. going to be a permanent addition to your person? No, we're gonna we're gonna donate. Once the age is gobbled up, uh, we're gonna donate it to the state libraries. A bit of street theatre. Okay. The Wednesday okay. Action Group. Yeah, yeah. We uh, were there, and people looked at us. Then they came round, and they took photos. Then we scattered the flowers. Okay. And then we talked about you'll love this, Naomi. We talked about hell and damp fire. You know, hell. And what is hell for an age reader? I'm guessing if the whole thing goes very right wing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hell, hell, hell is page three in the Herald Sun. Okay. That's yep. where it will be. That's okay. where it will be, I can imagine. <laughs> and I mean, this is not about the funeral. They're dead. It's gone. David okay. Simon will be rolling in his grave wherever he's bloody buried. But more importantly, this is about you. Hello. We asked two questions. Okay. Thank you very much, Jane. And Jane will disappear from the studio. She's okay. An expert, <laughs> but she does listen to the interview. And if you're under trouble, she'll wander down nonchalantly. And open the door and say, you're in trouble, are you? And then <laughs> she won't we even a, We have a head shake here she from, from Because, see, you know what my claim to fame is? What's that? I've been here 41 years and I've never pushed wow. a button. And I've never pushed a button. Okay. That's impressive. Never pushed a button. That yeah, is impressive. Very, <laughs> I did push once, once and the station went off air and then I was banned. That was right. Like 30 years ago. <laughs> you're not allowed so to now do that I mean, anymore. Look, this is not a personal question, you know. Okay. But uh, just to kind of 
get our listeners' brains ready for this mm. scintillating, excellent interview. What year were you born? 1982. So you're just a child. I'm kind of on the older end of millennial. Well, you're 36. Or 35. Th- 35. 35. Almost 36, well, yes. You're a child compared to me. I could be... I could, I could be <laughs> it's all relative. It's well, all I could relative. be... No, bullshit. It is not relative. Old age is not <laughs> relative. It's real. I, I will know when I get there. Okay. Yeah, when I came here first, I must have been about 26, 27. And look okay. at me now. You know. How old is the station? Is that... Uh, they're close they're to the 41 years. Right, okay. This is their 41st year. It could be their 42nd year, because I came in... The year after it started, okay. my late wife said to me, Jay, you've got to get involved in this. And I said, what for? It's just a stupid radio station. She said, Ellen said, no, 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 no. You've got to come in and get involved. And I never left. And it became a passion. No. No? A habit. <laughs> a habit. <laughs> a habit. <laughs> Completely different thing. There's a difference okay. between a passion and a habit. Now, what's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth, Naomi? First thing I remember? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I remember my uh, the house that I lived in as a child being built. Really? Uh, yeah, we moved out. I was born in Melbourne, but yep, we moved yep. out to uh, Romsey, which is a, a country town in, in Victoria. Yep, yep, yep. Um, not too far from the city. But, yep. yeah, I remember I think I was maybe three years old mm. when that was being built. I have vague memories of the construction. Mm. Mm. What, you have vague memories of people hammering things? Or was it a mud brick house? What was it? Was it? No, it was, uh, it was a brick house. Brick house, uh, yeah. sort of modern, modern brick. Yeah. Um, brick veneer? Uh, not veneer, actual <laughs> no, bricks. Actual but, um, bricks, okay. <laughs> Homemade on the, on the site? No, 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 no. Bought from a... Um, no, no. I don't know. Where do you buy bricks from? Hardware no, store? No. Yeah, so your parents weren't hippie parents then. No, it's a pretty no. pretty standard house for the right. for the area. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And where, where do your parents come? Are your parents still alive? Uh, yes, both still alive. Oh, good. We've yep. got to be pleasant then. Yeah, uh, no, you could run into trouble there. No, yeah. no, I just want yeah. to know their background. <laughs> where do they come from? They were born here in Australia or they came no, from overseas? No, uh, my mum's Australian, but mm. my, my dad's a Kiwi. You're kidding. And I'm interviewing you. <laughs> I mean, I do have a certain rule. Ah, Kiwi pride, right? Well, yeah. Kiwi pride. Well, you're, <laughs> you're only half Kiwi. It's all right. Maybe, oh, okay, okay. maybe you're 46% Kiwi. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, that's all right. So what, you, what made him come over here? Uh, well, he was fairly young. He, he, um, he was sort of university age when he came over. I think mm. he was looking for an adventure as much as anything else. Not for work. Um, it, that may have had something to do with it. Mm. He was from a uh, country town, right. New Zealand, so I yep. think... I mean, he could have gone to cities in New Zealand, but yep. I think he... he yeah, uh, his sister had come over here first, so uh, he was following her to a degree as well, I think. So what, he came here in the late 70s or early 80s? Late 70s, yeah. Yep. that was a great... We did have a joke then about New Zealanders. Yeah, it wasn't... <laughs> no, there's, a, there's a few standards. No, no, yeah. no. This, this, this is a very. I'll tell you later on if you get stuck. I can okay. fill, in a, fill in a bit of time. But obviously, this is interesting. We can come so back to that. Brick Finney and, and your mum and dad still alive? Are they retired or are they working? Uh, both working. Um, dad's sort of semi-retired, I suppose. He, um, mm. mum's a teacher. She still works. Right. Um, right. And yeah, uh, dad's. He's gone back out country now. He he used to work in the in the city in, in computers mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. IT, mm-hmm. Um, and he's yeah he's sort of got, gone out. He's he's now uh, got free range eggs free that, range he, that eggs he sells the at the markets. Yeah, a tree changer. Yes. What happened to your mum? Did she say stuff you? I'm going to stay back in Melbourne. 
Oh, no, I won't go there. Yeah, yeah. I won't go there. No, no, it's got, this has got potential to be, no. It it was a friendly divorce. Yeah, well, that's fine. Did you have any (laughs) brothers and sisters when you were young? Younger sister. Younger sister. How pesky was she? She's actually awesome. Awesome? (laughs) Yeah. But was she awesome as a younger sister? I think, I mean, all younger siblings have moments. That's what I'm saying, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, but we generally got along pretty well. I know that's boring. It's not good radio, is it? It's excellent radio. Okay, yeah. You know know what the role of this program is? I don't actually. This is like this was a surprise for me that I'm on the radio all right now. I'm interviewing you. (laughs) I'm supposed to interview somebody called Helen, and I've got somebody called Naomi. It's it's a whole different story. Yeah. No, no, no. The the whole idea is we just want to show that radical activists come from all different backgrounds, basically. Ah. So that's yes, that's very true. And that's what it is. People think you know you've got to come from a radical family or something, but people come from all different back, even boring backgrounds. Yes. From Romsey. Yeah. So did you go to primary? Romsey was boring. Did you go to primary school (laughs) in Romsey? No, I went to primary school in a town called Belinda. Hang on, what happened? What happened? Did you move? No, we uh, we lived in Romsey, but Belinda was 10 minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've never heard of Belinda, and I thought I knew every town in Victoria. Well, Belinda's tiny. It's literally a school and a fire station mm-hmm. and a bunch of farms. That's that's the whole of, mm-hmm. whole of Belinda. I don't think it's grown since I left. What, was your yeah. family banned from sending their children to Romsey or something? I think my my mum in particular, I think, liked the idea of a smaller school. Um, I was literally the 16th child, I think, in the entire primary school. Um, So very, very small school. The Romsey school was a bit bigger. So uh, I think they they decided that smaller classes were better for education for kids. So You think they made the right choice? Well, I don't know any different. You don't know any different. Yeah, my my primary school experience is what it is, and it was good for what it was. This is interesting. I like this small class business. Mm. So 16 kids in the whole primary school. Well, there was more like 40 by the time I left, so in that sort of... But when you started, there was 16. 16, And you did the whole six years at at Belinda? Uh, Yes, I did the whole primary school there, yep. Did you have, what, integrated classes and one teacher, or...? Yeah, we had, uh, it was actually split into two classes, so it was, yeah, it was like the younger kids and the older kids, rather mm. than sort of six mm. grades as such, mm. seven mm. grades if you can't count prep. And yep. I assume Belinda was a, a great school for athletics? Well, we had, uh, <laughs> this is this is where larger schools have more an advantage, yes. but we had five schools in the area that would right. sort of come together for athletics days. Yes, yes. So there, there was some athletics involved. I am not athletic. But, uh, what do you mean you're not athletic? You weren't involved in the school athletics? I was involved, but I, I lost everything. Yeah, I was just yeah, bad yeah. at it. <laughs> see, see I, I came from Queensland, and when I was okay. at primary school there, we had uh, we had an equalising system. Okay. So the small school would always win the overall carnival because right. they would actually get more prizes per head than the biggest school. Okay. They didn't do that your, for Belinda. Mm. No. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> you, you poor little people at Belinda. You must have felt... You know. Well, actually, um, the, of the five schools, mm. I think we were not the biggest, but we were definitely not the smallest either. Like well, there the was smaller schools? Smaller schools. There was uh, one of them only had 12 kids in the whole school. Right. Um, yeah, so we were... What a waste of money. We should shut down all these schools and bus you kids to, to, to Melbourne. I suspect they've actually... I think some of them actually have shut down yeah, now. Yeah, Blinder actually. is still there. I know that. Oh, right. But I think some do of the you, others have shut down. Do any school reunions? No. <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you organise one? Do you remember any of the kids? I've got, I've got a couple of them on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, but that's about the extent you, of it. Why don't you have a yeah. chat to them about organising a reunion? You're, you're midlife, 35, yeah. you know. Midlife. <laughs> <laughs> well, Due for a crisis. No, not um, to a crisis. Well, wouldn't it be nice to have a reunion of all you primary school kiddies? 
half an hour. Yeah. I, I think, I think since, um, you know, because I moved to the city to go to high school. Right. Um, and for me, that's a real sort of line between that life and this life. And, mm. you know, I was very young. In, everyone is very young in primary school, but my memories of that time are not as clear, and I didn't keep in contact with those people no, just no, by virtue of having no, moved. No. So I think, you know, my memories of people are not very clear. I There are people I might not recognize if I saw them today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well... They're funny things, reunions. I've only been to one in my life, and that was a 25-year mm. reunion. I graduated, I think, in 1969 from high school, Salisbury State High, Queensland. And I said, where's Larry? Oh, he's in jail for murder. Where's okay. Jack? Where's oh, gosh. It was that type of school. Oh, wow. Jack, no, he's, he's kind of in financial difficulties. He's bankrupt. He couldn't make it. And how about, you know, where's Clarence? You know, the woman we all lusted over. Oh, we don't want to talk about her. So they're oh, interesting. No. They're quite interesting. Some people hate them, but it's. I have told my medical colleagues that I refuse to go to any reunions until the 50th anniversary. Okay. Which would mean eight years or something. Okay. But that's a different story. So reunions, good. You should organise it. All you need is what was the internet now? It's so easy. Yeah, not for primary school, I don't think. Yeah, you uh, do. there's, no, there's no real kind of motivation yeah, there to do that. Yeah, well, yeah. Did you, did you, did <laughs> high school maybe. I, I got along yeah. with a lot more people mm. there, and mm. well, there was a lot more people there to get along with. Yeah. Did you find? Um, did you yeah. find? Let's go back to primary school. Mm. Did you find that you had any particular skills in primary school? Just kind of floated through. Um, I was uh, an academic kid, I guess. Acad- a nerd. That's probably the accurate term. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I used to go I was and good, good at maths. Yeah. Maths, that's, bad. <laughs> that's a good thing to be. Yeah, it is yeah. a good thing to be. Yep. You can cheat other kids when you play poker. Sadly, never learned poker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this sounds. So, where'd you go to high school? I went to high school at uh, Lowther Hall in Essendon. I've heard of that place. Okay. Why have I heard of it? Why does it ring bells? Is it I, one of these alternative schools? Is it? No, no, I pretty know. pretty standard Anglican kind of private Maybe school. That's right. yeah. It's a private school. That's why. I've heard yeah, of it. yeah, yeah. And how many years did you spend there? Uh, year 7 or 12. Another. So you've got great continuity as far as your schooling is concerned. Pretty much, yeah. And you can't blame your schooling for your radical bias, can you? <laughs> not at that school, no. no, no. <laughs> that was not a radical school. <laughs> right, so this is an all-girls school? Yeah. And uh, what was it like to spend your formative years in an all-girls religious school? I think, again, um, well, I was an atheist in a religious school, so that was an interesting experience. Well, did your parents um, realise you were an atheist when they slotted you down there? I think I sort of confirmed my atheism to myself when I was about 13, 14. Right, so well, it sort well, of. Well, what made you an atheist? Uh, I had a. There was a particular philosophical problem in my head. Mm, um, did you want to discuss it? Because um, this, is, this is the great thing about India. Yeah, they yeah. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone twist and turns. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, I was I was Christian growing up. I think I didn't. Right. There was no particular pressure from my parents to be Christian, but I was in a small country town, small country school. So you went to church on a regular basis, did you? Um, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was part of youth groups and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, but I think um, it kind of occurred to me that you know people. There was this very strong push in the churches that I went to that you mm. need to accept Jesus in order to go to heaven or, right. y- you know, and it just sort of occurred to me, you know, there's people all over the world who don't have great access to Jesus, to Jesus for whatever reason, mm. whether it's just not the, the religious, yeah. yeah, and um, that, well, that, that to my to my 13-year-old mind, I was kind of like, well, that doesn't seem fair. Well, <laughs> I did ask those questions yeah. too when I was a child and they told me they went to limbo. 
Yeah, I think someone did tell me that. I, I asked a few different sort of yeah, authority yeah. figures. That wasn't, that wasn't good I, enough I, for you. I didn't get a satisfactory answer, All no. the non-Christian kids who never exposed to Christ go to limbo, waiting for the Yeah. Fact. It wasn't a good enough explanation for it. No, I, didn't, yeah. I, f- I felt yeah. like that wasn't yeah. particularly acceptable. You yeah. realise I don't call myself an atheist like you. I call mm. myself an apprentice atheist. An apprentice? So what's the difference? Well, the difference is to be a real atheist, you've had to have um, kind of face death. Because that's the great test. Whether facing death, whether you revert back to a religious, ba- religious background or a faith-based, uh, back, you know, faith-based decisions or whether you actually go forward. So I'm just an apprentice atheist. Okay. Unlike you, you must have faced <laughs> death. You're a real atheist. <laughs> I don't know if I've faced death, but yeah. yeah. I, yeah think about yeah. it. Yeah, think about it. This is my idea. This is, you, know, yeah, you, yeah. you only get one original idea in life, and this is my apprentice atheist. Nice. Yep, I like it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you face death <laughs> and you tell God to piss off, well, then you're a real atheist. <laughs> so real atheists believe there is no God to tell that's to right. piss off. So yeah. that's exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. You understand that as atheists, we're, mm. we're two-time losers. Are we? Yeah. You know why? Why is that? Well, if there's no God, death is, is the end of life. Mm. And if there is a God, we're in big trouble. Mm. No? I feel like if, if God's... If there is a God, mm. and I guess... Um, yeah, I guess I'm one of those atheists who is willing to mm. say, I, I don't know. I don't believe in a particular God, I well, think. Well, then you're agnostic, then. Uh, no, I'd say more atheist than agnostic. Right. Um, right. It's, but there's def- there's, there is a quality of I don't know there. Um I think an agnostic believes there is something but doesn't know what. what? I think an, yeah. an atheist is more Fence like... Fence-sitter. I guess, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, so if it turns out I'm wrong and there is a God and, right. you know, right. I right. I would kind of hope that God would take into account... Your good deeds? Like, what have you done with your life? Um, really? I'd, I'd hope so. Yeah, well, somebody, you hope so? Yeah, somebody, yeah, it would be nice. Somebody told me that um, there's no heaven or or hell... Or limbo, mm. they said, you know, eternal eternal life is to be to be in the face of God or something. I'm thinking this is, this is getting really weird. Hmm. But that's all right. There's a lot of people look after religion. There's, I don't mind as long as they don't. There's a lot of different it. ideas out there. Yeah, as long as yeah. they don't force it on me, I don't care what they yeah. do. They could stand on their head and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, yeah. Pray seven times a day, <laughs> and urinate in their mouth. And if that's what their God tells them to do, I'm happy to do it. Okay. I'm happy for them to do it. You're as happy for them to do it. Yeah, as long as I'm not happy to do it. All right, so how did your sporting career go in this uh, oh, there girls' is no sporting, college? There's no sporting career. Yeah. What do you mean no sporting career? <laughs> Didn't you I, win the 100 metres race or something? I avoided all sports. I did PE because I had to. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no other than that, really oh, not not oh. sporty. Well, yeah. how about the nerdy activities and the maths go? Um, that went well, yeah. yeah. I won some... Competitions and things, uh, yeah. Competitions? Tell us about mouse competitions. Ah, uh, just like really small, good. small competitions. I, to be honest, my memory of this is fuzzy. I just know that yeah. I have certificates and things from various, <laughs> various things. Yeah. But and, I, and did, yeah. did this help you in your year twelve uh, your results? Yeah, I did. Um, I did specialist maths in year twelve. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I, I did all right at that. Right. So, what subjects <laughs> did you do in year twelve? I was a bit all over the place. I did so I did the maths, I did uh, like English and literature, yep. and then I did art and graphics as well. So mm-hmm. um, no science-based subjects. No, I dropped out of those. Yeah, oh, I didn't like the vivisection or something. The frog pinned out on the board or something. Um, no, I skipped that class. You but um, that class. Right. yeah, no, that made me uncomfortable. All right. Uh, but I um, 
Yeah, I don't know. There was there was a lack of interest there, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah. So in those days, the results sort of come out in the paper, or did you get a little text at, at Year 12? I think it came out in the paper. Yeah, and what did you... I remember off? waiting for the paper, yeah. yeah. Yeah, did you race off, have a look, and what did you think? I was. I remember being terrified. I put it off for a few hours after it actually came mm. out, because mm. I, um, I knew what I wanted to do at uni, and I was like, did I get in, did I not? Right. Um, Tell us. And the suspense is killing me. Uh, what happened? I, <laughs> I, did, I did get in. I wanted to do psychology at the time. Psychology. That was the, where, that was where, the plan where, at, where? at Melbourne. Yep. Um, and I got into that. Uh, or I got into an arts course where you can major in psychology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I did that for a semester and dropped out. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. This is your dream. You've it worked was. hard. Yeah. You've worked hard. Yeah. All your life. You've achieved the marks to get into Melbourne University and do psychology. Yes. You do it for one semester and you drop out. What's going on, Naomi? What's going on? I really didn't have a good time at Melbourne University. What it was... Mean? I felt very isolated. Why is that? You, can't, you went in, to a uh, private school. You should have been all right. Yeah, no. It was... Um, I found Melbourne Uni just because there's so many kids in the in the arts course, mm. and you don't necessarily share classes with the same kids in every mm. in mm. every subject. Mm. Um, so there's this sort of sense that you're really doing university alone. Uh, at least that's what I felt, right. and I wasn't really involved in any, you know it was semester one. I was just yeah. finding my feet. I wasn't involved in any clubs, and I mm. think I was just very I got very disillusioned very quickly. Mm. Um, and yeah, no. So what did your mum say about this? Were you still at home then, or? I was, uh, so this was, um... You would have been about 19, 18, 19? Yeah, we have been 18. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what my parents said, <laughs> to be no, honest. No, I, mean, this is, this I think that was an attitude of it's your decision. Oh, um, wiping their hands but of you. What had, what had actually happened was I had, because um, you have to apply for a number of different courses mm. when you go to university. Right. Uh, like, you had to have your preference list. Mm. And I had accidentally accidentally <laughs> I like this uh, signed up I thought I had because I I was I'm in an hour over which course whether I was going to do media or psychology for right. a little bit yeah. and I had in my head if I had signed up for the other one the other one was automatically yeah. null and void like I would be signed out of that yeah. course yeah. The, the place would go to somebody else mm. um, and what I did not realise was that basically the entire time that I had been at Melbourne Uni, I had also been enrolled at RMIT in a media studies course. Mm. Uh, and nobody would know she hadn't turned up. No one noticed. Right. Um, <laughs> so I had to pay my hex fees for that semester that I wasn't there. But then, yeah, because I went back to see, can I still do this course? Because yeah. this, you know, this yeah. Melbourne Uni isn't working out for me. I don't yeah. feel good there. So can I can I go back and do media? Uh, and yeah, they're like, well, you never dropped out, so you can, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can come here next year. You can start with next year's media. next year's class. Yeah. What's media? So I was majoring in television production. Television production. Yes. What days of our lives? The bold and the beautiful. I can't remember doing neighbors. anything no, soap opera. No. I did actually uh, do a little bit of work at Neighbours. Well, we'll talk about um, that. In a minute. We yeah. can we can get to that. Look, it's four twenty-seven. This is three mm. CR. This is Radical Australia. Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. This program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. And hopefully this interview will be podcast by tomorrow. Obviously, I won't be doing it, but a nice person will do it for me. Uh, And we're talking, chatting, 
You probably wouldn't call this an interview, would you? It's a chat. chat yeah. It's a chat. It's a Naomi Cheney. I've got that right? Yes. And that's good. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. All right, so you do media. What does that entail? Uh, so that entails um, some sort of academic essays, cinema studies, that sort of thing, but also practical production work as well. So cameras, microphones, learning right. how, to, how to do all that in right. different different scenarios. Yeah, how yeah. long did that last for? Uh, so it's a three-year course, but I did it over four years. Four years. Why is that? I was doing – you're really encouraged to do a lot of volunteer work when, you, right. when you're trying to get into media because mm-hmm. uh, it, it bumps up the resume. Uh, I was living at home by that time, so I was working as well. What were you doing? Um, I was working in a call centre. Um, a call centre. Yeah, for a no, while. Right. What were you selling? Not selling, ah, thankfully. You were actually resolving people's dilemmas, were you? No, we were doing surveys. Surveys? Yes. Those pesky survey yes, people. Yes, I was one of them. What is yeah. the rudest rejection you've ever had? And we can bleep out the expletives. Do you know what? <laughs> The one that stands out was not actually a rude reje- rejection. Right. It was a guy who, um, I can't remember what the survey was, but he said, oh, yes, I'll, I'll do your survey if, once we're done, you listen to my poem. Ah. Uh, so I sort of, I wasn't really sure if this was allowed or not, and right. I knew the call could be being monitored, but yeah. I was kind of like, oh, yep. you know what, yep, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's yeah. listen to your poem. So we did the survey, and then he went and got his poem, and it was actually really good. Uh, he'd, it sounded a little bit sort of, um, I don't know, Man from Snowy River, it had that oh, kind of yeah, vibe yeah, to it. Yeah, there was yeah. a bit about sort of wildlife in there as well. And yeah, yeah. I, yeah like I couldn't obviously remember the, the poem itself and, and tell it to you, but I remember being quite impressed with this guy and his, and his poetry. He, was, yeah. oh, he just wanted to, to share it with whoever was on well, the at phone. Least, at, least, at least that wasn't offensive and abusive. No, not at all. Uh, no, this yeah. guy was lovely. Yeah. yeah, I just hang up on people. I shouldn't do that. Yeah. Do you know what, though? That's a lot better than stringing it along. From a call centre perspective? Yeah, because you've got yeah. to touch clients. Yeah, yeah. You'd rather just move on to the next person if someone doesn't actually, if someone's not going to engage. All right. so, How long did that yeah. last for? I was there for a couple of years, I think. Mm, what did it pay? Um, not very well. <laughs> but enough to support you, there, I might say. Yeah, I was on student allowance as well. Right. So, what, other volu- yeah. what volunteer work did you do? Uh, so I got really involved in student media. Uh, so, it still exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't believe it. still exists it. now, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Going strong. Um, really? Yeah, so I was, I was involved I in RMIT. I thought died in the 80s and I lived here in the 70s. No. no. It still goes on. No, no, it's still going on, yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> all we had was newspapers in those days. What, you got in student, what did you have in student media at RMIT? Well, we had RMITV. Um, RMITV. Cause what, you've, yeah. got, you've got about 40,000 students there, haven't you, at RMIT? I've got no clue. Yeah, something like that. I'll trust you. Yeah, it's huge, it's huge. I, I've, I've been a guest lecturer there a few times. And oh, okay, yeah. And it's just Huge. Mm, well, I was I was on because they've got campuses all over. Mm, so this mm, was at the city campus, mm. um, and yeah. So we there's a little um, TV studio mm-hmm. uh, underneath the underneath the university, yeah. and they're actually the biggest producer of content for Channel Thirty One. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the founding members of Channel 31 as well. Yep. So, um, yeah, there's a long history of student media there. And, yeah, I got, got involved in that while I was there. Right. Mm. And um, is Channel 31 still going? Just. It's just hanging on. Just hanging on. Okay. I think they, they got a bit of a reprieve. I think it might have, don't quote me, but it might have been two years. <laughs> two years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally. I don't watch TV, but occasionally when somebody actually switches it on, I actually go to Channel 31 and I think... Hmm. And then I turn it off. 
<laughs> it can be a bit hit and miss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, you graduate three years. What do you got in your little four years? Three or four years? Uh, four years. Four years. Four years what, yes. what, what do you got in your little hand? Uh, I've got a degree. Uh, what, what, what degree? What degree? What degree? Uh, media studies, television media production. Media studies, television <laughs> yeah. production. You're yeah. 22. Yeah. The world's your oyster. Yes. And you're unemployed. Uh, no. No? What, what's that happened happen? very soon after the... Uh, so by then I actually had an editing job with a, an ISP, Internet uh-huh. Service Provider. Um, but something happened when I was 22, just as I was finishing uni. Um, I became very chronically ill. Right. Um, so I have uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, which is also right. called myalgic encephalomyelitis. That's right. Which is fun to pronounce. No, no, um, it's very important that you say myalgic yeah. <laughs> yeah. because then people begin to understand. So how, how, did, mm. how did you, what, you just what, lost energy or interest or how did you notice? I uh, never lost interest. That mm. was never a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there was a lot of frustration uh, because... It feels a bit like having the flu or having a hangover. Right. Um, it's not. It's not losing all of your energy. Um, although, yeah, there is a definite lack of energy that happens, but mm. it's. It feels more like being ill. Right. Um, so it's things like nausea and headaches, and mm. um, there's a the, a symptom called uh, we call it PEM, which is post-exertional malaise, mm-hmm. uh, which basically means the more you do, the the sicker you get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like the illness kind of punishes you for doing anything, uh, which is, yeah. So, I mean, the first couple of years of that for me was actually just learning how to manage that. So you were diagnosed pretty early on. Pretty, pretty quickly. That's that's Um, very good because usually uh, it can take a very long time to make a diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. So I got diagnosed within eight months. So you must have had some cluey medical stuff. I had a doctor who gave me an information sheet right. uh, a few months in, uh, and then she left the practice without diagnosing me. Um, right. So, and my first thought when they said chronic fatigue syndrome was like, no way, it's got to be something else. This yeah, is, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, that just sounds like a ridiculous diagnosis. This yeah. is not what this is. Mm. Um, but then I did some more digging, found some information. I'm like, okay, no, this is my symptoms. This is this is what I've got. Uh, so. Yeah, from there it was actually finding, it was me actually seeking out a specialist because I'd been told we'd ruled out a whole lot of stuff with this first doctor. Uh, She'd give me the information sheet and then, so yeah. Piss off, you got the information sheet, that's it. Well, she actually left the practice. You drove drove her out of medicine. She resigned, gave up her her, uh, shingle, you know, because of you. (laughs) I have that power. Uh, How did did you feel about this? Because you're young. Hmm. You've just done all this and work. I, I had a lot of plans. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You had a lot of plans. Um, yeah, so, I mean, for the first year, I kind of, I had to, uh, yeah, so I wasn't unemployed immediately after uni, as I said, but I had a, a part-time editing job, but I eventually had to give that up because I was just getting sicker and sicker. Right. And I moved I moved in with my dad. Mm. Um, with the chickens. Th- this was pre-chickens. Pre-chickens, Yeah, right, this right. was when he still lived in Melbourne. Right. Um, mm. But... Yeah, so I had a, a year of kind of trying to figure it out, and I mm. kind of managed to get myself somewhat stable and mm. and started working part time again. But were you yeah. able to go on a new start allowance, or did you? Or I started off on sickness allowance. Yes. Um, so they, they wouldn't give you a disability support pension. Not right away. No. Not right away. Um, right. Even though I was, I was probably more ill then than I am now. Yeah, right. I am on the DSP now. Right. Um, but, yeah, I didn't even try to apply for that until I'd been sick for seven years because right. then it's like yeah, they're, it. they're more accepting of, okay, this is permanent if mm. it's if it's been a fair 
whack of time. Mm. Um, yeah, but at first it was New Start. So first it was Cygnus Lounge, then it was New Start. Um, and then for a while I wasn't able to work a lot of hours, but I had a good hourly rate where I was working. So mm. that was, I didn't need support for a little while there. But then, I, yeah, mm. doing that job, I got, did too much, got sick again. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, very much sort of stuck in that. But how, the, how much the, you can this do. is huge. I mean, you, mm. obviously you're glossing over it, but this is huge. You're a young woman. You're 22. You're about mm. to start on your life. You've done all the hard yards. Yeah. And, and, there, and there was there was a feeling of damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, timing. Huge. I mean, any time would not have been good for this, but it was. No. Yeah. No. It was, so, so how did you cope? I think there's a period of grief that happens because you have to let go of the person you thought you were going to be. Like, I had um, very specific ideas what I wanted to do with my career. I was on a fairly good track to do it. I'd, I had done the volunteer work. I would you know, done my little bit of uh, writing for neighbours. I had good references. I had, you know. Um, and then to suddenly go, oh, no, I just physically can't do the work I would like to do. Mm. Um, and you really form your identity around your work. That's right, especially when you're young. Especially when you're young, yeah. Um, so that for me was a big part of who I was. So it wasn't just sort of, you know, being sick that was something that you, you grieve over. It's it's grief for the person that you thought you were going to be. Mm. And then there's this process of figuring out, okay, who am I now? Um, and you have to kind of build from the ground up, like this new person that you're going to be. Mm. Uh, so I think... Yeah, that's, I mean, that's acceptance is a big part of the coping mechanism. You have to really accept that this is really happening um, because otherwise you can spend your life going, when I get better, I will. Yeah. Um, and then you're not living in the moment. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's really, really important to come to a place of acceptance about it. And there's a lot of pressure from society in general to... To get out of bed, you lazy bitch. There's a bit of that going on. Yeah. There is, because you don't mm. have the stigmata of disability. There is there is a lot of stigma around it. No, yeah. but I'm saying you don't have the stigmata. Remember, you know what a stigmata is. Uh, You'd be an atheist, you wouldn't. You remember when Christ had the spear put through his hand? Ah, yes. Okay, yeah. So you yeah. don't have. I look at you and I think, oh, that's a nice. It's invisible. It's invisible. Yeah. I'm it's, this, yeah. You don't have that bleeding wound. I'm yeah. Saying, What's wrong with this woman? She doesn't get out of bed. She mm. doesn't got a full time job. Mm. She's mm. young. It's, it's ignorance, obviously. It's ignorance on people's There, part. There is a lot of judgment there. You do, yeah. you do cop a lot of judgment. Mm. And, you know, this is, this is where, I mean, a lot of what I do now is about raising awareness around that and trying to, you know, get to as many people as possible mm. to just sort of say, this is the reality. You know, try and create empathy around it, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is really a, a rights-based conversation. Hang on, hang on. We've got 15 years to fill. Okay. <laughs> no, no, 13. I didn't do my maths. wasn't not as good as you. 13, you're 22. Yeah. you got this chronic fatigue syndrome. You've yes. accepted the diagnosis. Yes. You're trying to recreate yourself, as you, as you said. Yes. So how did you recreate yourself? Uh, well, part of that was I got a, an admin job at Disability Media Australia. Uh, Excuse me, did you say that? Disability Media, Media Australia. Australia. Yeah. So I got, a, I got an administration job there. Hang to on, let's with. go back a step. Okay. Disability <laughs> Media Australia. Yes. What animal is that? What animal is that? What is it? Is it, uh, is it Commonwealth funded, state funded, privately funded? What oh, is it? gosh, no, it was like zero funded. Um, so it was a very, a very group small. Of, group of volunteers, <laughs> was it? 
Yeah, a couple of staff members, mostly volunteers. Mm. Uh, are you familiar with a program called No Limits, it's which not, used to be on Channel to me, 31? You're talking to one and a half million people that listen to this program. So there was a show called No Limits. <laughs> well, you tell the listeners. Which was? <laughs> you're, not, you're not trying to educate me. I'm beyond education. You've got... This huge audience out there, you know. Okay, okay. They, they, they actually listen to this program. There's one in Melbourne and two overseas, so there's a huge ah, audience. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you got the job, the admin. Job. Yes. Yeah. So basically, How they did were. You find them? I was just a job advertised in the paper, right? Um, or online by then. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think I got that. That was 2007. Yeah. So that was well, a, a year, there. year or so after I got sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a very, very small organisation that was basically producing media for 3CR, right. a show called The Boldness, which is still on 3CR, mm-hmm. um, and a show called No Limits, which is was on Channel 31, um, and that was the show that actually Stella Young was uh, largely involved in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I got an administration job there. Uh, I ended up... Not too long after that, becoming the manager uh, the because manager, it was all those two people staff were there. Yeah, so this <laughs> was uh, the, the promotion was there was not far to sort of go, go from the bottom from to the top. top. Yeah, um, so you yeah, got, you got this little organisation. You're the yeah. manager. What you're about twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, sort of uh, by that time. Yeah, uh, mid to late twenties. Yeah, uh, yeah, big responsibility. Yeah. yeah. So what, what, did manager, <laughs> what did the man? What did you do as a manager? Uh, a lot of it was applying for grants to try uh, and get projects yeah, up yeah, up off the ground. Yeah, yeah it's a not-for-profit organisation. Yeah. Half of it is applying yeah. for grants. Yeah. Um, yeah, keeping No Limits going, keeping the boldness going. Um, we also did sort of odd jobs for different disability organisations, sometimes creating creating media for them. Uh, yeah, that was largely was there, what was involved there. At that period, did you have much... You know, were you able to intrude into the uh, corporate-owned media, or were you just basically stuck Sadly, on the no. margins? Sadly, no. A bit stuck on the margins, yeah. Stuck on the margins, yeah. yeah. It's a worry, because, you know, when we buried the age today, it was obvious there was a little <laughs> Except when I said to people who came down, I said, look, uh, one-third of you are going to lose your job once you have a merger, and that got their interest. And I said, you better sort out your curriculum vitae. Yeah, I suspect there'll be a bit of that going on there. So, yeah. so you're still with them? With the age? No, no, with the... Um, with DMA. Yeah. They closed down a few years after I left. Um, Why'd you leave? I got too sick to keep going. Really? Uh, yeah, because oh. I was... Um, yeah, I had a bit of a downward spiral with the... I mean, this is what happens with, with right. ME. Um, you you know, you can have good periods for a little while and then suddenly, boom, you're boom. very, very sick again. Uh, and there's nothing yeah. that actually precipitates it in your situation? Uh, doing too much. Uh, for me, I have a lot of chemical and mould sensitivities, so if I'm sort of inadvertently exposed to things, that can make me worse and I don't necessarily have a lot of control over when and how much mm. that happens. Right. Um, I try to control my home environment as much as possible, but, you know, as soon as you leave the house... Uh, yeah, um, yeah, and I think I partially it was probably because I was overdoing it. Um, you know, I had this job with a fair amount of responsibility. We were managing a lot of volunteers. Um, oh, it's yeah, worse than managing volunteers. They're just incorrigible. <laughs> volunteers, they've got no hold over them. Don't talk to me about volunteers. I'm trying to organise a political party. You tell me about volunteers. <laughs> they don't get paid, so you can't. You know, hold the, say if you don't do it, you won't get paid. Yeah, they can piss off any time they like. Well, I'm I'm managing a volunteer project now, so this is oh, we'll don't talk about don't, don't scare me. No, no, we'll talk about <laughs> it. Oh, you should know. So, what another few years 
um, just taking it easy, or were you doing things during that period? Uh, well, I, um, I had for a while I did nothing for about six months, uh, and then I sort of gradually started getting back into things after right. that. Um, so what I did was I ran a program called Chair Chat, which mm-hmm. was it was a training program for people with disabilities. Uh, the idea was to train them up in in media so that they could make their own show for Channel Thirty One, uh, which we had on mm-hmm. for I think three years running. Right. We had three seasons. Uh, yeah, so I was doing that for the next few years, and uh, then uh, Disability Media actually ended up closing down because they just the funding wasn't there. there basically, yeah, the, yeah. the person who replaced me as manager did a a very good job of of bringing in funds, but it was yeah, yeah it's it's very very hard to keep an organisation like that running. Mm. Um, so did you change direction in this period once you after I left? Mm. Um, they tried to set up a lot more training, mm-hmm. I think, after I left. Right. Uh, I was still... Because mm-hmm. Chair Chat was still run mm-hmm. with them, so did I was you, still kind of there. Did you just continue the television and internet work, or did you get, uh, find a quill somewhere and a bottle of ink? With the... Did, well, we, did you find a quill and a bottle of ink? To, and did you start writing? Well, I, st- I started writing eventually. Yeah. This was a couple of years ago. And what made um, you move in that direction? Well, after I finished... After we finished with Chair Chat, I actually mm. produced a show called The F Word, which was again on Channel 31. Um, the F Word? Yes, the F Word being feminism. Mm. Uh, so we did a 13 part series. <laughs> it was disgusting. <laughs> we, we used the uh, C word ah. on Spreciate constantly. Okay. Capitalism. Capitalism. Mm. That is a good C word. Yeah. Yeah. I like a good C word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't like capitalism itself as such, but yeah. Um, yeah, so we did that. It was basically sort of Feminism 101 yep. was, was the idea. Uh, try to be a bit fun, a bit educational about, you know, what is feminism, what is it about. You're kidding um, me. You're telling me. You're telling me that disabled, well, people with different abilities have got the same desires <laughs> as anybody else. Funnily enough, yes. You're kidding me. You're not a tribe apart. It's a joke that I made up. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. I was just wondering. Yeah, I was. I was at a before I came here. I was at a petrol station, and this Mm. bloke who's obviously had a head injury came up, and he's Mm. couldn't understand a word he said. And I said, "Look, come with me into the garage." And he wanted a soft drink and a chocolate bar. Yeah. Which I bought him. Yeah. I should have eaten it, but he ate it. But (laughs) but I'm just saying. I'm saying people have got the same desires. It doesn't matter what your ability is, is it? I think it's really sad that we're still at the point where we have to actually point that out. Yeah. It's... But it is important yeah. to point it out because people are not... I mean, I... I There's still a lot of othering that goes yeah, on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's... Yeah, like it's a sad state of things, but it is a state yeah. of things that we still do need to be talking about because people aren't getting mm-hmm. the message yet. Well, that's yeah. right. Then. People with different abilities want to have sex. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> As if... Because you've got a different ability, you know, yeah. I have your innate the same human drives. characteristics yeah. disappear. It's, it's yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of um, infantilization that goes on mm. with, especially yeah. if it's That's more That's a visible. big word for our listeners. It is. It's our a average big word. age is 92. Yeah. So what okay. do you mean by infantilism? Um, I think, I think uh, there's a tendency to think of disabled people as very childlike, mm-hmm. especially if there's any kind of... Uh, communication difficulty. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, if someone's in a wheelchair, like I think 
a lot of people with disabilities do find that there's a, a weird attitude towards them if they're in a space like, you know, a bar where you're trying to meet people. Like yeah, people, they, yeah. What are you doing get, out? What are you doing out? Where's yeah. your license to go out? Either that or, like, how inspiring that you're out. Oh, like, yeah, people, inspiring. Well, I, just, you know. I just went down there a bloody drink, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like What's I'm inspiring just... about her going have a drink? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's the reverse, people. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's, let's go back to your mm. little story. Mm. Sorry. Your life. So, so <laughs> My little story. It's, little story. <laughs> it's your life, so therefore it's important. Yeah. So you said you went into writing. Mm. What made you move in that direction? This is the electronic age. Nobody writes. Well, people you, do do a lot of online writing. I thought you just <laughs> the stole it. Age. You stole it from somebody else and put it up as your own blog. Isn't that what happens? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, so I had another health crash in, uh, so this is 2015 now. Right. Uh, at the end of that year, I got very, very sick again and was having trouble getting out of do bed. Do you actually get any uh, signs that you're going to have a crash or it just hits yeah. you on the feel? Um, th- there are warning signs. Right. Um, the problem is uh, if you're, like if you stop what you're doing right away and rest, maybe you can avoid it. But in my case, I was committed to these projects. I'd managed to get grants. I, you know, I was working on a short film. I was working mm. on um, the F word, and yeah. um, I kind of had to had to see all of that through. And by the time I'd done that, my body just basically fell apart. And yeah, there were warning signs, but I was kind of I pushed and pushed and pushed until it was just boom, mm. nothing left. You should start listening to your body. I do. You do now. I tr- well, I generally do try to, but it's it is does. It, it um, is telling you something. It is telling me something. And it's the one that's best suited to tell you things. I think for me it's a mm. case of it's a balance between the things you want to get done yep. and looking after yourself. Yeah. And I think there is a real danger. People do end up bedridden yeah. if they push too hard. Right. Um, and this is, you know, this is the position. I mean, it's, it's a risk. And well, I've, I've managed it, to keep it uh, fairly moderate. Uh, the trouble as an activist, you haven't learned the most important word. <laughs> two syllables. What is it? I don't know. No. That's two syllables. <laughs> Not once. I don't know. To say no. To say no. You got to, um, but you say no, I can't do it at the minute. What mm. I say to people is, oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it now. Mm. But maybe next year I'll be able, in a position to look at that. Yeah, you know? but, yeah. Uh, you can let people down. Say, yeah. No, get out of my life. No, no, no. But you can let them down because <laughs> at the end of the day, you'll be more productive working at Well, that's it. You've got to take the long-term view. Uh, uh, yeah, but... Um, I'll send you a bill for that advice. It's all okay, right. yeah. <laughs> I, I do invoices on Mondays. Uh, but, yeah, so I, um, by the end of 2015, I, I had pushed too hard again, and I was sick again, and I was sort of at home with my computer a lot. Uh, and I, yeah, I started writing about, I'd been involved in disability politics through being at um, at DMA, but I hadn't done Excuse a lot. Me, two words, what's DMA? Uh, Disability Media Australia. Right. So that's where yeah, I was. Right, right. That's where I was and, working. Yeah. I mean, people with different abilities don't have politics, do they? Oh yeah. You're kidding. Everybody stabbed each other in the back. You did a Morrison and an Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. Uh, but oh, I'm, I'm shocked. You're just like the rest of us. Yeah, I know. Uh, Surprising. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, 
Uh, disability politics, I like that. Let's go back on that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I'd, I'd been I'd been doing a lot to, a lot of media and promotion for disability politics, but I hadn't really focused on chronic fatigue syndrome or chronic illness to a great degree right. because. Um, yeah, I think there's there's definitely a dominant narrative in disability politics, which actually there's a lot more focus on, I think, visible disabilities. There's a lot more focus on um, there's almost like a disability prestige thing, which well, it's is actually, it's like, a dis- we call it a disability hierarchy. Hierarchy, yes. That's right. yeah, or it's illness like, it's prestige. Like, it's like an animal, um, you know, in, in the animal world where, yes. where you're trying to save animals. Yeah. If they look pretty and they're nice, top of the hierarchy, they get the money. Yeah. And disability politics is the other way around. If you've got the yeah. stigmatas, you're there. If then you, you get more focus, yeah. You, if you, if it, you, it doesn't necessarily mean your life is better. No, but no, it's, no. Uh, there is definitely, or that you don't need yeah, your no, rights for. I, I just but, look at you and I think, oh, well, what's wrong with this one? Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the yeah. problem. Mm. Uh, so... Yeah, so I think just naturally through, I was just sort of going with the flow of what other people were focusing on, and I wasn't really sort of focused on myself or my own illness or my own community, Uh, and, you know, I think at that time I actually got involved in some support groups because I needed support, and found a lot of very passionate people online and I think this is the this is the problem with chronic fatigue syndrome. So I'm I'm moderately ill. I have been able to get out of the house. There are a lot of people who can't. Uh, and, you know, their avenue for seeking support is really online. And so suddenly I'm kind of, uh, I won't say bombarded, but definitely my eyes were opened to a whole sort of, you know, area that, that it wasn't previously. Uh, so I started developing a lot more awareness around, I, I had been following the science on mm-hmm. people developing right. an understanding of chronic fatigue syndrome yeah. and, and potential treatments and things like that. Obviously there's a personal interest there. Um, but there's a lot. There's a lot of politics around that, and I started actually pitching pieces to to various media outlets about that and and writing about that. So and how yeah, that go? fairly well. So you broke into the corporate-owned media finally. Yes. Uh, when you actually put <laughs> pen to paper. Yes. You broke in. Well, I think the key to breaking into that industry is actually just sitting down and writing and pitching and. Yeah. Like fairly soon after yeah. I started doing that, I did actually start getting things published. So. Which is excellent. Well, congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah. And hopefully Thank you. that career continues. Thank you. Because you can do that. It doesn't have to be too exhausting. It's, it's it? something that I can do when I'm, mm. when I am at my worst with my illness. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah career wise, it's, it's a good thing to kind of have mm. sitting there, I guess, mm. having, having freelancing. Yeah. Now, obviously, when I walked in at two minutes to four, no producer, mm. no guest, mm. they found you wandering <laughs> the corridors. What? what yes. Why are you wandering the corridors of 3CR? What are you doing here? What, what am I doing here? Yeah. Well, uh, on this particular day, I'm actually going to be on a show called Chronically Chilled, which is on an hour, in an hour. So uh, please uh-huh. stay tuned in for that, anyone listening. Chronically Chilled. But what are you doing um, here? Are you, are you a volunteer? I, or are you doing something here? Well, or? separate to that, I'm actually... Uh, running the International Day of People with Disability broadcast, which will be on December 3. Yeah, it's a bad day, you know that. It's what's you bad know, about it. <laughs> well, what year, what year did they pick December the 3rd? That I actually don't know. Well, you should find out because December okay. the 3rd has actually been, was picked in 1854. Okay. It's the day of the Eureka Rebellion. Ah, so we have you know you know Michael Smith. No, no, well, he's a he's he's a god around three CR. Okay, he is the god. I look, I look forward to meeting he's him. A god, yeah, he's a god. He's a volunteer god. Okay, right. He, he, he <laughs> catches the train to Ballarat to um, 
your live cross at 4am from Ballarat for about two hours. Then he catches the train back here to do the disability day. Okay. Mm, So you'll have to get to know Mr. Smith. I will. I'm sure that will happen soon. Yeah. Yeah. So... um, what have you got planned? I did only start a few weeks ago, just for so anyone planned? wondering. <laughs> you, got you got anything planned for the third of December? Uh, I have um, a few ideas that I I think it's a bit early to no, no, be yeah, talking but, but about got, in but any you are detail. About things, I, right? I am definitely thinking about things. Yes, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Does that you got any other role at 3CR? That's that's my only role here at the moment. Right, yes. but, but are you appearing as a guest at this program at? Uh, uh, yes, the, this evening. That actually happened independently of my getting the job here. I was contacted. Um, yes, uh, Mario, who does that show, did, did not realise that I was working here when he, when he tweeted me to ask yeah, me on the yeah, show. Yeah, he's a nice lad. He's a very <laughs> he's, he's nice lovely. lad. He's, yes. he's just disgusting. <laughs> he makes people like me look bad. <laughs> that's, that's the trouble at 3CA. Everybody makes me look bad because they're so pleasant and polite <laughs> and nice. And that's, Have you found that since you've been here? I found everyone is lovely. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, there's some eccentricity going on here, but I I like that. I think that's good. Eccentric? No, they're mad. Yeah. They're there's mad, are they? <laughs> they're not just. You got any plans for the future? Any plans for the future? Well, beyond December three, not really. No. Uh, well, so you're available. Yeah. You're on the job market. Looking for a job uh, after after, after this, I will likely need a rest. I think uh-huh. uh, right. if my past experience is anything to go by, but right. uh, yeah, no, I might go back to freelance writing. I might look for something else. We'll uh-huh. see what see what happens. Oh, that's yeah. good. You know, look, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for having me on at very short notice. <laughs> no, 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 I was dateless and desperate, <laughs> <laughs> and I looked around for a wallflower. Oh. Well, I did. Michaela did. Michaela did find me. She is such an exceptionally talented human being. Michaela is wonderful. Yes. The trouble is, she she takes it all too seriously. Do you know that? (laughs) She takes it all too seriously. Her responsibility here. Well, someone someone has to. Really. I feel like. Because yeah. I mean, there's a lot of amazing things happening here. I, I feel yeah, like you right. know the yeah, the management yeah. team does a very good job. That's right, like funerals, you know, yep. well. <laughs> Sometimes now, it's now, curious, now yeah. the next program, you know what the next program is? I don't actually. Well, they're going to wander in the studio in a minute, because see, we don't have somebody to open the door. We're going to keep talking until they bash down the door, unless it's a pre-record. Ah. So we don't know. We're stuck here. You and me. So does our producer have to come back? Well, she won't come back. She's not the producer. Jane was just helping us. She was just helping we, out. She's a volunteer at the front <laughs> Michaela desk. Michaela might have to rescue us. Well, Michaela might. It depends. I mean, if the other programs out there, the other programmers are out there, they'll wander in sooner or later and take over. But sometimes people pre-record. Could you believe that? They don't go live. I kind of, I kind of like the pre-record sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear a door. I can hear a go. door. Here they come. Here they come. It's not a pre-record. Oh. Well, Naomi Cheney, thank you very much for uh, coming into Radical Australia. Thanks I wish for you me. all the best for the future. You too. And I think with uh, people like you around this station, we will live forever. Thank you very much. And That's all the, the goal. Best.